This is Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and before we get started, let me be clear. This podcast isn't just about minimalism. It's a podcast about living fully. Over the past few years, I've learned that living with a little less in our homes and on our calendars leads to less cluttering up our minds, which simply helps give us the space to give our time and thoughts to the things that actually matter. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about minimalism and decluttering and how to get there, yes. But we also have conversations about pursuing intentionality in the things that matter, like our motherhood, faith, relationships, work, and mindset. Minimalish is a podcast for the women committed to contentment and loving the life in front of them, committed to living with a little less so they can create space for the things that matter most. What it's not about, how many spoons you should have, or any kind of rules or legalistic minimalism that promises you'll be happier if you just get rid of more stuff. Getting rid of stuff isn't what will make you happy. It's about the life you live with the new space you find. If that sounds good to you, grab a mug of whatever you like and stick around. I'm so grateful you're here. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and today we are going to be talking all about kitchens. I actually am going to be doing a series on this podcast where we are going to be going room by room through our homes, just talking about what we can do in those rooms, how we can make them a better space for ourselves, just giving you some quick tips to getting started. So I will sometimes invite a guest on with me, which I've done today, to kind of help me talk through these rooms, get a different different perspective. So today we actually have the perspective of a professional organizer coming on with us to talk about the kitchen. And that is my friend, Alex Kozak. She is also local to Pittsburgh. She does organization for her job. And she is the owner of Living Simply Pittsburgh, which is a business where she works one-on-one with clients to conquer the clutter in their homes and schedules. So I think you're going to love hearing from her. She has so many great insights for the kitchen. I got so many ideas from her. I can't wait to implement them in my own kitchen. And if you are anything like me, you have been spending a lot of time in your kitchen over these past few months when we've just been stuck at home more than usual. And I know for me in general, just this whole series of going room by room It's just the idea of, okay, now I've been in my house more than ever, and I'm realizing that there are still things here that aren't needed. There are still some places where I really could use a better organization system, and I hope that that's what this series is for you, too. It just provides a little bit of guidance if you've been feeling either cluttery in your homes or if you've been wanting to reorganize a little bit. Today's episode specifically for the kitchen is tackling the clutter and the organization with some great tips from Alex, and I know you're going to love it, so let's just get right to it. Here's my conversation with Alex. All right, I'm so excited to have my friend Alex Kozak of Living Simply PGH, which is really Pittsburgh, so of Living Simply Pittsburgh, and Alex, if you wouldn't mind starting off just telling the listeners who you are, what you do. Sure. Thank you so much, first off, uh, Desiree, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love your podcast, and I love listening, and um, I'm really glad we've gotten to connect over social media over this last year. So like Desiree said, my name is Alex Kozak of Living Simply Pittsburgh. Um, I'm a professional home organizer here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, basically at least pre-COVID, we're getting back into homes now, but I typically worked one-on-one with clients in their homes uh, to make space in their home and time in their day. 
and help them conquer the clutter so that they can uh, make room for what really matters most in their life. Yeah, and I love that you focus on decluttering kind of before the organization piece, but I also just love following along for organization tips as well with you because I love the, well, I don't love decluttering, but I love what it's done for my life, but the organization piece, I still struggle with. So, so we're going to talk a little about, a little bit about organization, uh, especially when it comes to the kitchen. So we're going to talk about kitchens because at least for me during this time of, you know, we're in August, right? Well, almost August, we're in July right now when we're talking Um, But we're still kind of in that, uh, if you're listening in real time, we are in 2020. So that means we are uh, in coronavirus and a pandemic and everything. So I've been cooking a lot more than usual. I don't know about you, but I'm in my kitchen all the time and it gets messy easier. We're going to just talk about tackling that area, especially if anyone listening in has felt overwhelmed by their kitchen being in it more lately. So for you, whenever you go into someone else's home or even looking at your own home, where do you start when it comes to decluttering the kitchen? Sure. Um, So like you kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, We're in our homes more. Um, The kitchen tends to kind of be the the gathering place, you know, every other day. But, you know, in quarantine, it's definitely getting a lot of use. Um, So when I start with a a kitchen, um, I always tell clients that one of the reasons they may feel like their kitchen is uh, very cluttered, you know, outside of, you know, the points that we've made about it being used a lot is because it is used a lot. When you first move into a home, it's probably one of the first places you unpack and you unpack it just to get it in use so that you can start using things. So a lot of times, there's not a lot of time to really think through how you're going to use the space. And you may not know until you're actually in the space using it. Um, So I find that a lot of things get thrown anywhere into drawers um, just so that um, they're out of the way. And, you know, months, years down the road, um, I've talked to clients that have said, um, well, when we moved in, that's where we put it. And um, that's kind of, why I tell people we just take everything out. It's going to look worse before it gets better. um, But that's truly the only way we can kind of one, determine what you're going to keep and what you're going to purge by seeing everything, but also really focus on how we're going to build zones in the kitchen, how we're going to determine the best use of space based on your layout. um, And then just how you use the kitchen. Um, Are you a huge cook? Um, Do you have a large family? Uh, do, is there a dishwasher? Is there not a dishwasher? Um, so kind of determining how the, the family uses the space and um, the layout is kind of why I feel that you kind of just have to start from scratch. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I can definitely see that. I know, you know, I, we've moved a lot and every time we unpack, I feel like, I feel like it's, I don't think out the kitchen well (laughs) with where I'm putting stuff. And I found myself reorganizing and just taking everything out when we decluttered as well. So there's not necessarily one good starting point. It's just kind of make the mess, take it all out (laughs) before the (laughs) bandaid. Yeah. Before it gets better. Yeah. So for me, one of the, this, this question is coming from a personal 
issue because recently um, I have a I have a small kitchen. So you know this I think would depend on what size your kitchen is. But there are a lot of large appliances, especially out there now. You would think that things would get like more space efficient, but I think of Instant Pots. I think of the Ninja Foodie, which is on my mind because I really want one of those at some point. Um, and uh, air fryer, you know, you know, you have all these different things that do different things. So what is your advice when it comes to large appliances like that? If you, I don't know, if you don't have the storage for them, or if you just find that you have a lot of things that are always sitting out on your countertops, that's what really stresses me out in my kitchen when I find that my countertops are cluttered. And I think regardless of uh, a person's um, knack for organization, I think we, we can all agree that uh, and the size of their kitchen, I think we can all agree that um, countertop clutter, it stresses everybody out, you know, regardless of whether or not you have the space to kind of better organize it, um, getting it off the countertop, visual clutter is a real thing. And it is a real trigger and it does stress people out. So um, there's nothing unusual about the fact that you get stressed when you see your countertops uh, cluttered. It, it is a real thing. Um, so that would be my first thing is how can we get them off the countertop? And then it kind of goes back to um, the unique perspective of the client. What's in, like you said, what size is their kitchen? Um, what kind of storage uh, do they have? And then how often are they using it? Um, and, and kind of making that, that choice between convenience and um, getting it off the countertop. So a lot of people will say, well, you know, we use it every day we use it once a week we use it once a month um and and sometimes they don't they want it out of the way but at the same time they want it conveniently there for them so um to use the example of like a crock pot or an instant pot if you're only using it once a week or once a month and you don't maybe have the storage in your kitchen um and you really want to get it off your countertops consider moving it to the basement is it really that big of a deal to walk down the steps to the basement or to the garage um, once a week rather than having it on your countertop because you have no space. So it kind of, it just needs to be what your priority is. Um, and I kind of always spell that out with clients. Another thing with appliances, and you kind of mentioned it with, with the Ninja Foodie, is I try to purge any kind of one trick ponies. Um, I know that a lot of cooks may, may like particular appliances that do one thing. Um, I, I don't consider myself an amazing cook, but I do cook six days a week and I do enjoy it. Um, and I do make a variety of foods. And I think that, um, I've been able to do that with a lot less appliances because I've thoughtfully chosen the appliances that I have and they do a variety of things. So like the Ninja you mentioned, the Ninja that I have is a food processor. It has a blender. It actually also has a spiralizer in it too. So that's one appliance and it does have a couple different attachments, but it's one appliance rather than having a separate spiralizer, a separate food processor, a separate blender. Um, so kind of trying to, um, consolidate and uh, the large appliances will really help. But then also, like I said, just kind of prioritizing, you know, a little more effort versus getting things off your countertop and, and determining those priorities. Yeah, that definitely is kind of what our 
the route we've gone down <laughs> with with having we have such minimal storage in our kitchen. It's um, frustrating sometimes, but I've struggled to let go of certain things like my food processor that we, I, I don't use my food processor often, but I want it for when I need it, you know? So I keep that in my basement. I keep some other things in my basement and I've had a hard time letting go of things that I still do use once a month. Mm-hmm. So that's been helpful. And yeah, uh, I think that is always my goal moving forward. If I'm purchasing something for the kitchen is like, could I eliminate something I already have by getting something that does more than one thing? Um, yeah. If I am looking to make a purchase for my kitchen. I think a lot of people also, um, it it can be contradictory when a professional organizer wants you to keep things like like with like, but it all comes down to storage as well. So if you can't keep everything that's kitchen related in your kitchen because of the size of your space, um, the reality is you are going to have to separate them. And then again, it comes down to that priority. So like, for example, I have a roaster that we use. And I have a three-set crock pot that we use for entertaining. And that stays in the garage because those things are massive. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let them take up prime real estate in my kitchen when I use them. Well, now I'm I'm not using them at all. But um, I use them maybe a few times a year. Um, They definitely stay in the garage. Um, So it's kind of just making, making that determination on within the boundaries of, of your kitchen. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, okay, you said that you do cook pretty often, at least six days a week, which is a lot. And I'm right there with you, although I've been lately incorporating a lot of leftover days and breakfast for dinner days because it's just, it's been getting monotonous in the heat of the summer. But for someone who does cook a lot, what is your advice for keeping things organized, decluttered, um, less, I don't know, less of a mess in the kitchen, just overall. If you could give some, I don't know, tips for just someone who's in the kitchen a lot. Sure. Um, It kind of goes back to, again, if there's only so much space that you can work with for cooking, no matter how much you love it, it's probably not fun to cook in an overcrowded kitchen. So it kind of really comes down to how often you use it. Um, Do you have something that can do a similar job? Um, Do you have multiple items of things? Um, That that last question should be a pretty easy yes or no. And if there's a yes, um, you probably need to purge. Um, But it really really does just come down to the realities of the space that you have. and just either determining whether or not you need to downsize the amount of stuff that you have in your kitchen in order for it to be clean. Um, I always, what's that old saying? You can't put 10 pounds of flour in a five pound bag. Um, <laughs> I always love to tell people that because um, you you mentioned it at the, at the beginning. Um, decluttering is a, at least in, in my, my line of thinking, Um, and and maybe other professional organizers don't necessarily agree, but I think decluttering is the number one thing you can do. I mean, we just have too much stuff. And, um, and as both of us can attest to have decluttered our entire homes, the freeing feeling of not having your stuff own you, um, I think will help people realize that there's a lot of things that we have 
regardless of how much money we spent on it or who gave it to us and everything like that, that we're not using and um, can be better used by someone else. And that that uncluttered kitchen will be so much more fun to cook in if you just had less stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I know our, I would say, you know, our kitchen gets more unorganized than anything else because I have one lower cabinet and it's just this giant cabinet that is really weird. Nobody needs it in their life. It's, <laughs> it's not easy to access. So a lot of times I just want to quickly, like when I'm unloading, throw my bigger things down in that cabinet and then I have to hunt through it. And mm -hmm. that's what I think frustrates me the most in my kitchen. But if we had too much stuff that I'd have overflow on the countertops all the time. And um, even when we buy too much food, which sounds funny, but if I just can't with the storage, which with the space that I have, I can't go to Costco or Sam's club and stock up because I'll end up with things like I, I just did that actually for a few things and I forget how big those bags of the bags of stuff are. And I have some things sitting on my countertops that I, I just don't, you know, it's, it's not about just the fact that, okay, something's sitting on your countertop and it doesn't look beautiful. It's about the fact that I don't have any other space to cook. So it drives me crazy. It makes me not want to cook dinner. It makes me want to rely on, you know, takeout, even though obviously I, like I just said, it's because I kind of have too much food in a way. Yeah. And, and the food thing, I mean, obviously quarantine, right? I mean, we're still, we're still in a, in a quarantine to some extent. Um, so I always try to tell clients that I'm working with right now to, I mean, I don't know how temporary it is. I think, you know, in March we thought this was going to last a couple of weeks and here we are, like you said, in almost August, but, um, I'd like to believe that at some point we are going to back, go back to whatever, you know, our normal is. Um, so to give yourself grace during this time and because I think we've all kind of bought in bulk to some extent, particularly at the beginning when it was a little scarier and things were kind of running out, we were running out of meat and toilet paper. Um, but now a lot of it is just about exposure and, you know, you're buying more food so that you don't have to go to the grocery store nearly as often and expose you and your family. Um, so it, it, I understand where you're coming from. Like you said, you know, you don't have the room to cook and everything like that. Um, but I think a lot of, at least the clients that I've spoken to in the recent weeks, I always tell them, you know, we're, we're going to make your, we're going to make this work for now, but then we're also going to put things into place and systems into place for when we get out of this quarantine, because that's how you're going to be living long-term. But what's really nice about having less, like you said, um, it, it does become unorganized. Um, things become unorganized at my house too, but having less stuff means less time it takes to get back into its right spot. Yes, exactly. Whenever, whenever I do organize that crazy cabinet that I have that I like have to crawl into to get the things in the back of it, it doesn't, it always feels like it's going to take way longer than it does because when it comes down to it, there's not that much stuff in there. Mm -hmm. It just, feels like a lot because I keep <laughs> pulling it out and shoving it back in without, you know, stacking it perfectly. Uh, every, and then every two weeks just have to go through it and reorganize fast organization whenever things aren't just spilling out of your cabinets or piling up on the countertops. 
Um, so I always say that, you know, minimalism isn't about the number of spoons you have or the number of plates you have, and it's totally not. But I would just love to hear either in your own experience with your own family or how you approach that with clients. If you go in and you see that there are, you know, three sets of dishes and it's a family of two or <laughs> something like that, what do you suggest about the number of things in the kitchen? I know you said if you had multiple sets of things, you usually tell people um, or multiple, you know, duplicates of something. So what do you do about things like plates and silverware, that kind of thing? Sure. In my experience, we, I mean, prior to, to COVID, um, we love to entertain and we have our families over a lot and everything. And so we, we do have, I'm trying to think of how many sets of dishes I have. I, I believe I have 12 dishes. Um, but we only have one set of dishes. I, when I got married, I chose a very plain, cream colored ceramic plate that I can dress up or down. I don't need, I didn't need China. I didn't need, you know, anything fancy. I don't have, um, you know, sets for holidays or anything like that. Um, so I thought going a little heavy on the amount uh, that we thought wouldn't be as big of a deal because we only have this one set. We'd be using it for everything, including our everyday um, meals. Um, but with clients, I, I do kind of factor in the the family. Um, I, I don't think that you need multiple sets. I know that some people like to have holiday dishes and everything like that. And I say, that's fine. Um, but they don't need to be housed in the kitchen all year round taking, again, taking up prime real estate for things that you use daily when, you know, this is a Christmas dish. It can, it can go in the basement with the other holiday stuff. We'll pack it up nicely and, and make sure that it's available to you when you want to use it. But, um, especially when, real estate in the kitchen is, you know, slim. We want to make sure that the stuff that you're using is front and center and easily accessible because that is how organization is maintained. If it's easy for you to maintain it, um, you're more likely to do it. So I try to put systems into place that, um, almost seem like, almost seem like it's a no brainer, but, um, a lot of times, People just need that third person to kind of, that objective view to say, Hey, let's put this over there. Or, um, you don't need this because of this. And, and so I see a lot of clients that, um, are definitely willing to, to part with things after we've had conversations, but also just to understand again, that you don't have to keep all your dishes together. If you only use some of those dishes, some of the time. Um, but typically I would say, um, a setting of eight is probably sufficient unless you have a very large family or you are regularly entertaining in which you're using your dishes. Yeah. I will say that I think we have a setting of eight and we keep usually like four of each size in our cabinets and we're a family of three and our, my daughter doesn't use our plates. So it's just like almost two of every size for, for each my husband and I. And that just, that helps me cut down on the dishes, to be honest, because some, if we're really using all of those throughout a day, then I'd rather have to wash one than be stacking. I do have a dishwasher, so that's great, but yeah. stacking my uh, dishwasher full and then it just adds more time to taking care of everything. Yeah, I kind of, yeah, like you said with the dishwashing, um, that's something I also factor into people's um, 
kind of how many they're going to keep and everything like that. So like our family, um, we're a family of three also, and, um, we do have a dishwasher and what we do is we, and obviously with us being home more, we run the dishwasher more often, but dishes actually is one of my least favorite things in the world to do. Thankfully, my husband does the majority of the dishes uh, (laughs) when I cook, but, uh, we, we immediately rinse off our plates and put it in the dishwasher. And then when the dishwasher is full, we run it. Um, and that used to be every four days or something like that when we really only home for dinner, maybe lunches and stuff on the weekends. Um, but now with quarantine, obviously, um, we're running it a little more often, but if you're a family that doesn't have a dishwasher and you're doing dishes every night, then you probably don't need nearly as many dishes because you're doing dishes every day. Um, if you're like us, where you're a little more lazy and you let your dishes, you know, accumulate in the dishwasher until it's full, then you might need more dishes because you're using more dishes. But like you said, it kind of all comes down to also, you know, do you want to do all those dishes when it comes down to it? Or would you rather just kind of get it over with the least amount of dishes possible? I want to take a minute to thank today's sponsors helping make this episode of Minimalish possible. I want to thank Thrive Market. I've actually been using Thrive Market for a while now, and I absolutely love everything that they do. They deliver organic and sustainable groceries right to my door, which is amazing. For example, in my most recent order, I've gotten bone broth, kombucha, chia seeds. These are all staples that I like to have in my home from week to week. Thrive Market is my favorite way to shop for my smoothie add-ins and pantry staples. I really can't imagine getting them any other way at this point. When you try Thrive Market, I know you're going to love it, and here's why. As a Thrive Market member, I get the products I love, and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family or a teacher or a veteran or a first responder. Also, Thrive Market tailors to over 70 different diets and values like paleo, keto, plant-based. You can easily shop each specific diet right from their website and they're delivering the highest quality organic and sustainable essentials from groceries, healthy snacks, meat and seafood, clean wines, non-toxic cleaning, and bath and body. As a member, I'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. The savings I get on my favorite clean organic products are amazing, but I also love that my membership helps to support communities in need. In addition to membership matching, Thrive Market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 relief fund. You can go to thrivemarket.com minimalish to join today, and you'll get a free gift of your choosing, up to $22 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash minimalish to start your risk-free membership and get a free gift today. Thrivemarket.com slash minimalish. I also want to tell you about PrepDish. You may have heard me talk about PrepDish before because they're a longtime sponsor of the show and I just love everything that they're all about. If you want to simplify meal planning, PrepDish is really one of my favorite companies that can help you out with this. It's a meal planning service that sends you an email with a meal plan, grocery list, and prep ahead instructions every single week so that all of your meals are planned out for you and completely ready for the week. You can even choose from gluten-free, paleo, and keto options. It makes eating healthy so much easier, and the meals are also delicious. I love that there's no guesswork involved when it comes to actual meal time each day. This is my favorite thing about Prep Dish because as a mom, 
everyone, including myself sometimes, gets a little cranky and hangry around this time of day. And the last thing I want is the feeling that I don't know what to make for dinner or even having to start from scratch with a meal idea. Thanks to Prep Dish, it's already planned out for me and I already have done the bulk of the prep earlier in the week. If you're looking to cook healthy meals for your family as the school year is impending very soon to begin, but you also want to simplify the whole thing, definitely check Prep Dish out. The best part is Allison, the founder, is offering listeners of Minimalish a two-week free trial, so you've got nothing to lose. That's literally two weeks of meals planned out for you, grocery list and prep included, for free. Head to PrepDish.com Minimalish to try it out. That's PrepDish.com Minimalish to try it out. All right, let's get back to today's episode. That is super unorganized and you're helping someone organize their kitchen, um, Mm -hmm. declutter and then organize. What are a couple of the main steps that you take? Sure. So like we talked about earlier, I take everything out. I take everything out. I put like with like. So even if you didn't have them together, if I find, you know, two potato mashers, which... God, why do you have a potato masher? (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, you know, a bunch of wooden spoons. And I put all the like with like, and then we start purging. Because once you put the like with like, you may not have realized that you had two potato mashers um, because they might have been in two separate drawers. Or, you know, you have three can openers or six pairs of tongs I found at a client's house. So we kind of put everything together so that you can see it. And a lot, again, most people are a visual being. So, you know, when it's spread throughout the house, it's less, it feels less like you have a lot of stuff, but when you kind of bring it out all together, um, you really have to, you're faced with all your stuff. And so you can see, you know, a better, you can see better how much you actually have. Um, so we put the like with like, and then we start purging. If you don't love it, if you don't use it, let it go. And then once we realize what we're keeping, um, we, we determine the new homes based on the layout of your kitchen and how you use it. So a couple things that I like to do, if I can, obviously based on the layout, we, you know, we've had to be creative. Um, I like to try to keep dishes by the sink or the dishwasher, um, spices and utensils by the stove, um, pots in the cabinets below the, um, on the bottom as close to the, to the oven as I can get them. Uh, less used items up high, regularly regularly used items at eye level, and then creating zones. So, you know, if you're a huge coffee drinker, we want to make sure that all your coffee stuff is in one area of your kitchen. So you're not walking from the coffee pot all the way across to get a coffee mug, to get the coffee itself in the pantry. Um, so we try to, same thing with smoothies. Like I just created a smoothie zone in my because I've been drinking smoothies every day. And so I didn't want to have to go get my protein powder over here. And then my, my shake bottles were in a different cabinet. Um, I put everything together um, so that, and then my blender is right below in the bottom cabinet with its, my other appliances. Um, So some call it lazy, but uh, I think it's, I think it just, again, it creates these zones that make it so much easier to maintain because it's easy to do. Yeah. And I think when it, me, I am a very lazy person about putting things 
back where they came from. So (laughs) that is probably the number one reason why I struggle with organization. But I can just see like, I, because my brain doesn't work that way, the zone thing, I never really thought of that, but that makes so much sense. And I can just see how much easier it is to just put it back where it came from. You know, you're motivated enough to get it all out because you're hungry or you want something, especially when it comes to the kitchen, but it's the putting it away part that I think is maybe, maybe it's just me, but maybe that's a struggle for uh, many people who struggle with organization. No, I definitely think it's a, it's a very common struggle. And and that's why organizing is so unique to the person. There are overarching strategies um, that you know I use with every client, but it comes down to just building a system that's maintainable for them and their families. Because to some extent, I don't, I don't want them to need me again. I, I, I want to get into their home and I want to make it livable for them, and I want them to enjoy being at home again, and I want them to be able to maintain the systems that we put in place. So they are unique to the client. Um, and I just thought of, you mentioned keeping the, the stuff on the countertop for your smoothies. Um, I know that not everybody has, you know, these big elaborate kitchens. So there are definitely ways to utilize your countertops in a way also that decreases the visual clutter, um, you know, putting a pretty basket um, I've, I've done cake stands with like oil and salt and pepper and stuff right by the stove, um, for some, you know, your favorite spices, you know, if you don't have a smite, a spice, um, a, a spice cabinet or an area to put your spices, you can put them right there on the, um, your most used right on the countertop in like a pretty basket or on a pretty tray right next to the stove. And then the rest of the spices that maybe you don't use nearly as often can go in the pantry. So there's definitely ways to utilize your countertops without making them feel over cluttered um, with baskets, with trays. Um, Sometimes having that visual stuff on your countertop, making it more aesthetically pleasing will make it feel less like clutter, but you're also able to still utilize that flat space because you don't have a huge kitchen. So kind of along the same lines, um, we will wrap it up with just some quick organization tips that pretty much, I know it's going to depend on kitchen size and someone's lifestyle, but just overarching, this could work for most people, organization tips of even just keeping your kitchen organized if it already is or um, just something quick you can do to make a difference, anything like that. Sure. Um, so one thing that I think, again, it goes back to that visual clutter that I try to tell people is try to empty your sink after each meal. Um, it just makes it less painful than a huge pile up of dishes at the end of the day. So whether or not that's like me, um, rinsing off your dishes and then putting them in the dishwasher so that your sink's empty, or if that's just doing, you know, the dishes real quick, uh, after a meal, um, it'll make you feel better than, you know, at the end of the day, that dreaded sink full of dirty dishes, not to mention, um, we're all home. So we're, we're making a lot more dishes and it's summer and, I just think of all the bugs that that can probably be attracted by leaving your, your dishes in the sink, at least at this time of year. So, 
Um, again, back to that, that visual clutter of an, uh, of a sink full of dishes. I think just trying to empty it in any way that you can after each meal, um, will definitely help with, um, the organization of your kitchen. Um, another thing, and we didn't really talk much about, you know, food and everything like that, but clean your fridge before you grocery shop. Um, it will really help with meal planning and it will really help you with determining what you need from the grocery store. I think it will really help you stay within budget as well. Um, I know that there have been times when, you know, I've, I've failed to look in my fridge and, and clean it out and determine, you know, before I meal planned or before I made a grocery shopping list that I was actually out of ketchup. And I didn't know that because I didn't, you know, I didn't clean out the fridge. I didn't see what I had and what I didn't have. Um, so whether or not you grocery shop weekly or biweekly, um, clean your fridge out. And then you can even do that with your, with your pantry too. kind of just do a little quick reorganize of your pantry before you do your grocery shopping to ensure that you're not missing anything in the back that's about to expire or, um, you know, you think you have something, but you don't. Um, I think that that's really helpful in uh, organizing your kitchen, but also organizing your meal planning. Um, and then the last one we talked about a lot, which was your countertops. And, and this is probably the habit that's hardest for people to create, but I have clients that once they started doing it, it has really been life-changing for them. And it is making the habit to clear the counters before you go to bed. Waking up to a clean kitchen is amazing. So um, whether that's getting in the habit of putting mail in a different spot, whether that's the home office or maybe a little um, drop catch-all right by the door where you kind of address that stuff, you know, when you go to pay the bills or something like that. Um, but clearing the, the kids' uh, schoolwork, off the, the countertop before bed, just ensuring that your countertops are completely clean before bed will make, it will kick your day off so much better. And that's part of my, my evening routine, which I have a checklist on my website of um, some of the things that I do before bed that ensure that I have a calm and productive day in the morning. I am not a morning person, so I don't have a morning routine. I know you talk about morning routines, and I'm so jealous, Desiree, <laughs> because it sounds amazing, but I am such a grump in the morning. So um, I created an evening routine, and a lot of it has to do with um, is built around when the kids are in school and everything like that. But I think a lot of it can apply um, while we're all at home as well. And it's just about kind of getting your day ready the night before. And that way, you know, if you wake up late or you, you know, the kids sleep in or the kids are running late, you know, you've kind of already put all these other things in place the night before that will make that stressful morning a little bit less stressful because you've kind of already checked some boxes the night before. Yeah. And I think that's so, that's something that is so important to do in the evenings. For me, I definitely reset my kitchen in the evenings and that makes all the difference. Um, but it, it's even better when I go a step further and just kind of reset the whole main area of our home in general, because of what you said, it just helps prepare for the next day. Um, so speaking of your website, I would love to 
just quickly know, you know, do you offer virtual services right now? And where can people find you if they are struggling with organization or decluttering in general? Um, where can someone find just what you share online, but also your services if they're interested? Sure. Um, yeah. So my website is uh, www.livingsimplypgh.com. Um, and I do offer, I have a, a couple different uh, services in, um, in home services here in the Pittsburgh area, but then I do offer uh, virtual services and then DIY plans um, where basically we'll go through a space virtually and then I'll put, put together a really unique plan just for your space. Um, and then I am offering quarantine virtual services, which is basically just um, a discount of my hourly in-home rate um, virtually. So, and then uh, I have an Instagram, which is at livingsimplypgh, and then facebook.com slash livingsimplypgh. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I am thankful for this conversation and all of your tips. And I'm ready to go <laughs> fix, fix my kitchen because there, there's not much decluttering that needs to be done, but I need to maybe rehome some things and rethink, uh, make some zones. So thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. The world is very noisy, kind of scary, super frustrating right now. And I hope that this series and this episode specifically about the kitchen, but this series in general, as we go room by room, that's going to pop up once a month or so on the podcast. I just hope that it helps you make your home an even more lovely place to be, a safe space, a haven. Okay, so... If you listened in last week, you know I'm ending each episode with a challenge. You can do it or not if you don't need to, but it's just a way to encourage you to apply what you've learned through listening to the episode. So today, my challenge to myself and to you is to create some sort of zone in your kitchen. Reorganize a little bit. You don't have to reorganize the whole thing and make it perfect, but create some kind of zone that's going to make your life easier. Whether you put your spices closer to your stove so that you can just reach for them easily while you're cooking, or you make a smoothie zone like Alex talked about. I love the idea of a smoothie zone, and I think I'm going to try to make that happen in my kitchen. Have fun with it. Share it on Instagram if you want to, and tag me so that I can see what zone you create in your kitchen by reorganizing some things or even decluttering some things as well if needed. All right, friend, if this episode was helpful to you, I would love it if you would share it with one of your friends. You could text it to them or you could share it on Instagram, share it however you like sharing things. I am grateful for you for spreading the word about Minimalish and I look forward to talking to you right back here again next week.